welcome to Bethel Atlanta Chats. I'm your host, Kevin Koontz, alongside the wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous, and talented... <laughs> you left out skinny. Oh, I'm skinny. <laughs> you just say that, babe. Skinny, I'm, skinny, 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 skinny. I'm just not that girl that says stop. <laughs> We are joined here today with Sherry Lewis. We are so super excited to have you, Sherry, and people to share Sherry with you. I just, I'm feeling like one of the most generous gals out there. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Sherry, so much to say about you. And I, I, I genuinely don't even know where to start. I mean, this, she's a missionary to Cameroon, an authoress. Mm. Uh, a, a doctor in the past, yes, the uh, past, a wild, vivid lover of Jesus Christ. I mean, my goodness, Sherry, we might be here for longer than an hour, folks. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> Sherry Lewis, where should we even start? Do you want to tell people a little bit about maybe where you are now and what you're doing? Sure. Um, so I uh, started a Bethel school, Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry in Cameroon seven years ago. A few weeks ago, we just graduated our seventh class of radical revivalists, what? and it was amazing. Seven? Amazing, seven classes. Oh my yes. god! Can seven you believe years. it? Does it feel like seven? It years? doesn't. It feel like I just started. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Seven years later, yeah. And this summer, we're expanding to Nairobi, Kenya. And oh. I'm just going to start small there and then just grow over time. So I feel like my life is this amazing adventure that I never dreamed of, actually. Sherry. Okay, so you never were thinking missionary. You were never thinking Africa. When did, you, when did that enter into the heart of you? That is a great question. So I grew up a Baptist girl in church all my I life. You know that? Yes, I grew, I grew up, up a, a sweet little... Did you really? Did you? Yes, I was a Baptist girl. <laughs> And then when I got That's to, awesome. right before college, I, no, in college, end of college, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in awesome. the basement of our Baptist church. Like we literally got in trouble with the pastor for all this <laughs> radicalness. And so then we started meeting at someone's house. And I went to a prayer ministry when I was in medical school and got exposed to the prophetic there. And probably in 1990... 1992, I got my first prophetic word that I was going to go to Africa and raise up young people and lead them into their destiny. Whoa, that was your oh, first whoa. prophetic word ever. Wow. No, 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 no. It was just that's when I got the first word about going oh, to Africa. Okay. I got oh, so wow. many prophetic words back then. I can't even remember. Sherry, super exciting. What did you think when you heard that word? You know, it's one of those the baby leaped kind of things because oh. I don't think I ever dreamed of going to Africa before then, but when they said it, it just felt like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And you wow. were in medical school at the time. And was. where was this medical school? University of Pennsylvania in okay. Philadelphia. Okay. And you yeah. ended up finishing that degree. Sort of. Yes, I definitely <laughs> finished, but I took a year <laughs> off. So I was getting all these amazing prophetic words about this amazing destiny in God. And, you know, I didn't wait. I just jumped. Oh, I'm quitting medical school. and I'm going to go be a prophet to the nations. And then I got broke and had to go back to medical school <laughs> and finish. You got broke like money-wise? Yeah, like got- money-wise. <laughs> No, like seriously. And then I had three years of medical school loans because I had a full scholarship. But if I didn't finish, I had to pay back the scholarship. And this was an Ivy League school. So it was like $75,000. And what was I going to do? I mean, you know, I went back to school. I went back to school. Had to go finish. So you finished your degree. And how long did you practice? I graduated medical school in 1995. And I left medicine in 2008. Okay, so from 95 to 2008, yes. what was that like? Honestly? <laughs> I want to hear it, honestly. So I love this. I loved my residency program. That was great because it was just like college again. You know, a, a group of people learning together, studying together. 
But then when I started my first job, I was miserable really, and miserable because I had all these prophetic words. I had all these dreams. I never wanted to be a doctor in the first place. It was something my dad is a doctor. My older sister's a doctor. So I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. I didn't know that. I've yeah. never heard you say that. Yeah. I love to sing, dance, write, choreograph, everything. And so I, when I went to college, I went to visit the School of Fine Arts, but then I came home and my dad was like, do your artsy stuff on the side. You don't want to be a starving artist. So then I said, well, what else will I do? I never dreamed of anything else. It was all I'd ever dreamed of. Sure. And so um, I like talking to people. I like helping people. So I said, I'll be a psychologist. And he said, you might as well be a real doctor and be a psychiatrist. And so this artist ended up in medical school. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And was miserable. Like who makes a six figure salary, lives in a great house, drives a great car, lives a great life and is depressed out of their mind. <laughs> no kidding. This girl. Yes. It was the worst. It was the worst. Were you feeling like, isn't it Jeremiah that had fire shut up yes. in his bones? Was that what it was? I think it was, you know, I never stopped getting the prophetic words. So everywhere I went, God was still talking about this woman that was going to the nations, that was going to lead worship and bring down heaven, that was going to lay hands on the sick and they would be healed and that would counsel people and bring them out of darkness. I was getting prophetic words. And so I was living one life and God was talking about another life. And the dichotomy on the inside of me was just unreal. I could not handle the dissonance of this is who I'm supposed to be and this yeah. is who I am. Oh my goodness. I think this Steve, is Steve calls that tension, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That is some serious, is some tension, serious tension. tension. Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is such a good story. Yeah. So at what point did you realize, was it, I'm sure course of time? Did you have an encounter where you're like, this has got to stop. Something has to change. I just got progressively more miserable and progressively more depressed. And then my marriage fell apart and just life got awful. And I, I started Bethel the first year, Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry, and it's a prophetic community. And so oh, the girl. words were just pouring on and pouring on. And I'm, wow, like, it got to the point where I was like, don't give me another prophetic word. I don't want to hear it because you're making me miserable. You know, I don't wanna, and I'm a prophecy magnet. So anywhere I went, you in the orange shirt, God says you're going to go to the nations. And I'm like, Stop talking to me. I don't want to hear it. And it was consistently consistent. Wow. I in my whole life I've had one word that had anything to do with medicine. Everything else was exactly about what I'm doing right now. Sharing. God doesn't change his mind. No matter what <laughs> path you choose yeah, yeah. and what path you walk on, he doesn't change his mind. He's like, no, this is who you are. Okay. And this is all I'm going to talk about. So you know wow. we are talking to people right now that because this is not an uncommon situation. I love yeah. that scripture. Nothing has happened to any of us that's not very common yeah. to man. Like this is a yeah. real, yeah. It's a, it's a, we get into this. What would you say to somebody that's, you know, oh, wow. living, one of what my, would you call that? Living from the head yeah, instead of living from the heart? the heart? It is one of my, my life messages to teach on oh. purpose and destiny. And I, I go through a stepwise progression of asking questions, of, uh, of coaching, of just challenging people. Mm-hmm. What would be the best you? What do you really want? And I think the saddest thing is that most people don't even know. They've accepted a life that's so far from what they dream, they don't even know. Or to dream that far is too scary and too risky. And so they just are stuck. And I'm like, what are you waiting for? To just die? I mean, 
are you ever going to live? And so I just ask a lot of challenging questions. <laughs> are you going to live? Yeah. Or are you just going to die? You know? Wow. So one of my favorite messages that I've ever heard you teach was along these lines. And yeah. it was at Bethel. It was about, oh, I'm not good with time. Two two years ago, three years ago. What what was it that you kept saying over and over? Oh, and you said, this wow. was the thing burning in me. And it was along these lines of... Uh, you just said it so beautifully okay. of when are you going to live? When are you going to live? When are you going to live the life that you were born to live? Because what I learned from all those prophetic words was there was a life that God had for me that was his best idea for me, that would his grand dream for me. And it was there for the taking. It was there for the going <laughs> after. And so it was a choice I had to make. Are you going to do it? Or are you going to stay miserable? Going to work every day, trying to think of excuses to get out of work and just being miserable, waking wow. up sad and watching the clock all day long until it was time to go home. Are you going to step into the life that God birthed you for, created you for? Or are you going to live miserable until you die? Could you even come up with a first step for a person? Oh, I know. I know. It's Because it's, it takes us a while to get into a lifestyle that's one that we don't adore. Yeah. What would be a jumping the off The first point? step, I tell my students at, at Bethel Atlantic Cameroon that if I ask you a question and you answer intimacy, 98% of the time you're going to be right. And so that first step is intimacy. Get in his presence, get in his lap, develop a close relationship where you can hear his voice and he'll begin to talk to you about it. God wants for every single one of us to live purpose and destiny. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be fulfilled. So if you start asking him the questions, he's going to be so faithful to answer. I I hate to leave this topic. I'm absolutely like, I, I, girl, (laughs) a couple hours with you outside of of podcast time. Exactly. I I have to ask, do you run into this in Cameroon too? Or is this, Oh gosh. So this is not like an American. This is worldwide. This is is everywhere I go. We have this conversation and people come up to me afterwards. So desperate. Like, I, I want this. How do I get there? And I'm like, I, I can't give you all of that right now, right. which is why I've written a book about it. But <gasps> what? What? <laughs> finally, Good it's not out yet. It's not out yet. I'm still editing oh, it. Okay. We're getting like pre. Yeah, you are. Wow. You're getting the, yeah. Oh, the yeah. inside yeah. track. Yeah, exactly. I like it. <laughs> Exclusive exactly. on the Bethel yeah. Atlanta podcast. <laughs> the sound effect right there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. feeling so special. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news, yes. Well, so you've written a book, but go ahead and finish your sentence. We got excited yeah. about your book. No, it's called The God Zone, and it just, it's, it, that, it's, was, yeah, the that was the message. That was the message. I'm God. sure it was The God Zone. Yeah, just how to take a, a leap of faith and to jump into your God Zone, which is an amazing adventure orchestrated by God, co-laboring with God, partnering with God to live your best life possible. And it's, it's a journey of faith. It's a journey of intimacy. It's a journey of risk. And I I like to say I live my life listening to the whispers. I just listen to the whispers of his heart and I just follow what he says. That's how we're going to Kenya. It's like I'm moving to another country in Africa. I mean, one wasn't enough, but he whispered and I heard and then he yelled and then I really heard. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just it's it's living a listening lifestyle and living an intimate lifestyle. If you want to live purpose and destiny, you have to pursue intimacy. Wow. Living a listening lifestyle. Yeah. I'm really liking this a lot. Oh my goodness. So you talked about, you know, your, your kind of your journey to Bethel in in 2008. 
Walk us through kind of the second step of the journey, getting from Bethel to yeah. Cameroon, and what a, maybe a, maybe some couple steps, some sure. stones along the process, sure, you know, that you had to skip on or jump on, so we kind of kind of know a little bit more about. So that. I did first year and was completely inspired, completely in love, just loved the culture, had been out of church for a while because I couldn't find anything that made me happy, did first year and just fell in love with God all over again, but continued to get those prophetic words, but started to hope and dream a little bit, was miserable at medicine, completely miserable. And so November of that first year at Bethel, I was working in a women's prison as a doctor and thought I would lose my mind. So that Thanksgiving, I just called my boss the the Saturday before and said, I'm going to Jamaica. And I took all my prophetic words with me and some worship music and my Bible. And I sat on the beach and I prayed and I cried out to God. And I said, you got to help me. I can't do this anymore. I can't live this life anymore. I'm miserable. And I started rehearsing the prophetic words back to him. I started just speaking them. You said I was going to minister to young people and mentor young people in Africa and lead them into their purpose and destiny. You said I was going to lead praise and worship and bring down heaven and bring transformation to people's lives. You said, and I sat there and finally I said, when are you going to make good on all the promises you've made me? clear as day. I'm sitting there on a pristine, beautiful beach. The waves are, are just singing to me and clear as day. I hear his voice and he says, when are you going to do what I told you? What? (laughs) And so I'm like, what? Like I'm waiting on you. And I sat there for a second and I'm like, you're waiting on me. And he's like, yep. I've told you a lot of stuff to do. When are you going to do it? And my mind was completely blown because here I am judging him unfaithful, quite honestly, judging him unfaithful to all the promises that he's made. And he's judging me, I guess, lazy and not going after him, you know? And so I said, okay, 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 what do I do? And he said, quit your job. What? And as much as I hated that job, it was paying the mortgage. You know what I'm saying? It was paying the mortgage. Let me pause here and say... I, I was dreaming. And so I paid off all my debts, all my student loans, paid off my car, all my credit cards. I was completely out of debt. And I had two years of, of expenses saved in the bank. So the only thing was, yes, please balance. Don't quit your job after you listen to the podcast. Don't quit your job. (laughs) Prepare. Prepare. Totally was prepared. So two years in the bank. Yeah. Because in that scenario, it's not that the Lord doesn't help out. It's just that we walk straight into really hard situations. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, quit your job. And I was like, okay. And then what? He goes, quit your job. And then I'll tell you. And I was like, oh no, you know me better than that. God, you know, I don't, I have a spreadsheet for the next 10 years of my life. What do you mean? Quit your job. And then I'll tell you that's not going to work. And so, you know, you never win an argument with God. So we went back and forth and back and forth. And all he said was quit your job. And I'm just blah, 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 blah. And finally it was like, okay. So I go back. I don't quit my job. And <laughs> I'll go back sorry. to being <laughs> the best story I've ever heard. Okay, I'm so sorry. I can uh-huh. stop you in a million places, but but what is that? When we're like, God, give us the answer. And then we get the answer. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, I'm not doing it. He was asking too much. I mean, come on. <laughs> Quit my job and then you'll tell me? No, sir. What is that that I'll tell you? What is, when he says that, what is that? He was asking for faith. Okay. And you know, on the beach. Now, wait a minute. Let me recreate this moment. Let me create. <laughs> I'm on the beach. Like it's beautiful. Right, right. I'm like, it's beautiful. And so he says, quit your job. And I remember saying very clearly, all right, if I jump, you better catch me. 
But then I went back and didn't jump. So this was November. My birthday was in January and I was turning 40 and that's huge and monumental. And I just felt like, am I going to spend the next 40 years being miserable? Am I really going to do that? And so I took the day off from work, sat in my prayer room and did the same thing I did on the beach. I cried out to him. I rehearsed the prophetic words back to him. And he said, I told you, quit your job. So clear that I'm looking around the room like, okay, is he in here? Like you like you thought you were going to see him. I thought I was yeah. going to see him. And then I said, so that was you on the beach. And he's like, yeah, you know my voice. You know me very well. Oh, I love this. So the next day I went in and quit my job. And my boss thought I had lost my mind. <laughs> oh. And he was like, you know, I know you've been depressed lately. Everybody's <laughs> been talking about it. We've seen it. Why don't you take the weekend, go home, talk to your dad, the doctor, who can hopefully talk some sense into you, <laughs> and then come back on Monday and tell me your decision. And I came back on Monday and I said, I'm quitting. So I had to work one more month. And at the end of that month, the very last day of my job at the women's prison as a doctor, I get an email from a young lady in Cameroon. I had already started writing Christian fiction at this point, And she said, I read your book, Dance Into Destiny, and I loved it so much. It changed my life. It reminds me of my youth group here in Cameroon because the book was about a youth group and they all love to dance and sing and do the arts. And so she said, I just want to let you know that I'm having trouble living in my destiny and, and parents here decide our careers and we just have to do what they say. So your book really inspired me. Right, exactly. Yeah. That sounded familiar. Oh, that sounded familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and Dance Into Destiny was about a young woman who's parents decided her career. So it's like all three of us. Oh and gosh, so, I'm so convicted. The last, Oh, <laughs> right, just the whole thing. So beautiful. Thank it's you. so wonderful. Sherry. I mean, you're right. Okay, so so <laughs> that was the last day of work. And, uh, we just started chatting back and forth and back and forth. And then I started waking up in the middle of the night, praying for revival in Cameroon. I didn't really much, I didn't know much about the country and just, but just woke up. I just was jerked out of sleep, praying for revival. And so we were chatting almost every day on online and I told her about it and she goes, Oh, well, yeah, me and my youth group are praying for you to come over for our seventh anniversary. And I said, okay, I'll buy a ticket and come. You guys stop praying so I can sleep. (laughs) And that's how it started. Wow. Sherry, that's how yeah, Cameroon started. That's how Cameroon happened. So, so you just went over there wow. and just says, hey, I want to come over and just, just minister to you and just yeah, minister. And yeah. it wasn't, hey, we're calling you out here. No, it was, just, it was just a bunch of kids. It was a bunch of kids, like all 20-somethings, teens. Yeah. The youngest was 14. And they just read my book and started praying. And I, oh their gosh. prayer pulled me across the world. Oh my goodness. I've never heard this kind of story. This is beautiful. Do you know, and again, I got to go back just for a second. Do you know what this means about Jesus? Oh yeah. Do you know what this means? Absolutely. He's so great. He's He's so honoring. I mean, he'll watch us do this thing and love us and celebrate us and commune with us the whole time and not say a word until we really ask. Oh yeah. That's wild about him. It was the last day at work that that door opened. That is so unhuman. It is. That's why that I is think not carnal. Sometimes we, we, well, we get a little, we get a little, you know, irritated in, in a relationship yep. at some time, but it's just because it's so not human. A yeah. human would be like, stop, yeah. you're going to ruin your life. Yeah. Oh God, what are we yeah. going to do? No, and the Lord just, just in, watches you. He's singing. Like, he's I'm dancing. here. If right. you want help, yeah. I'm here. He yeah. just loves you. He's just telling you how great you are the whole time. I mean, it's wonderful about him. But, yeah. but to hear it so clearly in your story, I'm like, 
It's beautiful, yeah, he's Sari. Very wonderful. Oh my yes. gosh, he's so wonderful. He is. <laughs> okay, so this brings up a little bit about writing. Where yeah. did you have, find time to write? With this oh, is amazing. Gosh. And when did it start? I mean, you said from a time you were little. When I was bitty. four. When I was five. Wow. Yeah. When I was, I wrote my first book then on on what? construction paper with crayons. What was it about? Do you remember? I have no idea. <laughs> it's a great story. My mom says I ran in the kitchen asking her how to spell words that were related to reproductive anatomy. <laughs> And so after the fourth word, she's like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> so I don't know what the teacher had taught us in kindergarten that week, but I was apparently writing a book about it. And then all through <laughs> elementary school, junior high, high school, I just wrote short stories and journaled and wrote and wrote and wrote. And then actually the first year of medical school, when the misery started, was when I started writing Dance into Destiny, the book about the young woman whose parents forced her into a career she didn't like. Sherry, yeah. this is so you just <laughs> taught yourself to write. Were there ever any workshops oh, or books? Yeah, okay. after I got rejected for three years straight. <laughs> yeah, took, read plenty of books See, and took good. plenty of information. <laughs> like all of a sudden, Jesus yeah, no, <laughs> no, we kept getting rejection letters. And we were like, we need to do something about this. So you started learning. reading. Yes, I was learning. I can't. I probably have read Dance and a Destiny a hundred times, editing really? it and fixing it easily like I could memorize whole sections of it I mean so I took courses and I read books and went to workshops and conferences and all sorts of stuff and all uh, motivated by a, just a love for writing and a yes, desire to write a love for story yes wow yeah. okay so dance for destiny first book dance into destiny dance mm-hmm. into destiny mm-hmm. tell us about your whole genre because how oh. many books have you written now I have eight Sherry, yeah. yes <laughs> you're so smart and great <laughs> Eight books, yes. Eight books. Yeah, so I wrote Dance into Destiny first, and then I wrote My Soul Cries Out, and I was going through a divorce at the time. So it was a book about a woman going through a divorce. You know, those first few books writing was therapy and catharsis for me. Oh, wow. I And so love I would just that. pour out my heart on the paper just to feel better. And so and, I sold. And you got books. Yeah. Whole books, wow. yeah. <laughs> wow. So I sold My Soul Cries Out first, and then Dance into Destiny sold. And then what was next? I don't even remember anymore. Like they first started in 2007. The list about a young woman who's divorced, who was back on the dating scene again. Oh, is that fun? <laughs> I bet fun. it's fun. How many pure times comedy, you Pure <laughs> comedy. Because some of the crazy dates that I went on and therefore my character went on. Yes. Yes. And then I wrote Selling My Soul, the sequel to My Soul Cries Out, because everybody loved that book and they wanted to know what happened next. And so wow. that was next. Yeah. yeah. And then, gosh, what was the next after that? Finding Mrs. Wright. Uh, and it's my first book written from a male perspective, which was Ooh, very challenging. I bet. So I wrote the book and then I had to go back and edit out the female boy- voice and make him sound like a man. So oh it was really, gosh. it was a lot thinner book. Than a <laughs> That's what you're saying. Cause I know we've got less words. Yeah. It's sure. much less words. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then everybody loved that one. So I wrote a sequel to that one called Becoming Mrs. Wright. Um, and then I wrote a novella uh, with two other Christian fiction authors, and that was called A Woman's Revenge, and my story inside is A Sweet Taste of Revenge. And then recently I wrote a book with my sister writer friend uh, called Love a Little. And it's about, she, she was writing a series and then she got stuck because the woman, uh, a woman who, she, she gets on a plane to go to her sister's wedding in Kenya, and she ends up stuck between 
the one that got away and the one that broke her heart. Oh, this sounds so fun. Yeah, on a trip to Paris. So an eight-hour oh. flight, she stuck between the two of them. Oh, physically, actually on the physically plane. Physically on oh. the plane, stuck oh, between so the two fun. of them. Yeah, it was, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was fun writing, actually. And so then they get stuck in Paris on an over... They, they, their plane misses and they get stuck on an overnight layover. And she has to heal from how the first guy broke her heart to see if she can love the guy that she loved again. So um, they're all fiction, but this yeah. last one that is the God Zone is more... Is my first nonfiction. How was yeah. that? You know what? I thought it was going to be hard. I got a prophetic three prophetic word three years ago about writing that book, and I just was so intimidated by writing nonfiction. Wow. And it was the easiest thing I wrote. Like when I was in Kenya, I sat down and wrote the first third of it, like in one day. Wow, yeah. Sherry, and you were totally shocked. It was easy. It's my story. So, you know, (laughs) so it was really easy to write and it was the book of my heart. So it was pouring my heart onto the pages and pouring my love for people because it's how to, how to walk into your destiny. Here's how I did it. Here's how you can do it. And so it just was like, Oh, please get this so you can live the the best life possible. Sherry. Oh my goodness. Can we just sit for a second and just imagine what that book will do? (laughs) How many people? I pray. I hope and pray. How many people it'll release into destiny or just even the hope of wait what yeah i'm not a like i don't have to huh yeah i yeah. mean it, it'll just start Four conversation of my closest friends have quit their jobs in the last two years and have launched into their dreams and so wow. and three of them are doing amazing one of them was like mm, let me go back to work <laughs> <laughs> well is it it's, it's a process it is a process it is a process how do we get into the wrong thing how does that happen from because when you're you were mm. writing when you were little bitty yeah you knew exactly when you were I little was bit. preaching I was singing I was writing I was dancing when I was four my aunt named me Miss Black America because I was always on a stage with a microphone in my hand oh so, my god I mean we come That's out so pure we come out knowing yeah. who we are and what we want and then life tells us something different sometimes it's our parents sometimes it's society sometimes it's culture I mean it's so many voices that speak to us and tell us to deny our truest selves so would that be helpful to a person, a person, to the masses of us who are dealing with that to yeah. just say, look back when you were little? Absolutely. That's one of the first questions I ask. What pretend games did you play? No kidding. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grow up? And you can put some real stock in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm oh going to have God. to do some serious inventory. There we go. This is so great. Go. I cannot wait to read your book. <laughs> So you're talking about Kenya. Mm-hmm. When, well, first of all, I'm sorry, I have to go back to the book. Is there a release date on that, this late with the God Zone? Oh, probably December. I'm actually oh, going to print some copies to take with me to, to Kenya and to Cameroon and hopefully Nigeria. Hopefully I'll get there again. And then I want to do an actual release here in the U.S. in December when I come home for Sherry, Christmas. That is so exciting. What a great Christmas. Yeah, yeah I hope so. I hope so. Stocking stuffers galore. Yeah, galore. I think that'd be great. Yeah. That'd well, we'll great. have to, at the end of our podcast, we'd love to give everybody information about how to get hold of your books. Awesome. So you guys, awesome. let's all that. remember to do that. Yeah, I'd Definitely. Love that. So Kenya. Yes, Kenya. When is that Kenya happening? I mean, if that's in the works or July. Oh, like next, month. Yes. <laughs> next month. Next month. Next month. 
So yes. what's the story? How did you get from, hey, yeah. I'm here and I'm growing this Bethel Atlanta School, Supernatural School of Ministry. Which we haven't heard room. nearly enough about that. We so we're going to have to come back because, okay. wow, to the stories we hear coming out of Cameroon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> do you, so, so Should we go back first? And just yeah. Should we talk about Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So tell us. Yeah, so I went to Cameroon on that first visit, July 2009, and fell in love with the people, the culture, the music, the food, everything about it. I fell in love. My mom always says, when you came back from that trip, you left your heart in Cameroon. And so I was on another plane, November, five months later, on another plane going back. And this time I was in second year at Bethel Atlanta, and I came back, and my second year project was how to release a school in Cameroon. That's great. Yeah, they just stole my heart, completely stole my heart. So... I, you know, it wasn't easy being there. It's a very different way of life and, and, you know, underdeveloped. Um, I don't like the word third world and I don't like to say derogatory things because my life there is beautiful, but it is definitely, why don't you say, I don't like that. No. Cause I feel like who are we to say that we're the first and they're the, you know, they're the third. So arrogant. (laughs) I don't like that. So I just say underdeveloped or less developed, you know, and if they get mad, I'll be like, look at here. We don't have water. (laughs) We don't have electricity. We have good internet. Don't Fussing me about that now. Oh Come on, just you, all people, exactly, and everybody. Exactly. I'm gonna call it what I want to call it. Set them straight. <laughs> set them straight, Sherry. Preach, girl. Yeah. So it wasn't easy, and so I and I wasn't ready to move to Africa. So I was gonna do the DVD curriculum. I was gonna send it over and oh. then go over every six months and impart. Was and this was your project. This, this was, your was project my plan. That's this a good project. Plan. So Eric Johnson comes. And he says, because I just mentioned, you know, how do the DVD curriculums work and what effect are you seeing in those schools? He puts a hand on my shoulder, looks dead in my eyes, and he says, you know, the DVD curriculums are great, but the schools that are thriving the most is where we've released a graduate that has the DNA of the Bethel culture. And they're on the ground with the people imparting on a regular basis. Pats my back, walks away. (laughs) Ah. Like God. Like God. For everybody, if you don't know, Eric Johnson is Bill Johnson's son and just carries the same, just helpful, clear, clean. You should go. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Have a nice day. Yeah. You know? Move to Africa. Have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) The conversationalist prophetic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Scary. And And you thought at that point. I felt it. I felt it. And so then I'm like, okay. God, this is a big move. This is crazy. This is, this is crazy. And so I need you to give me some confirmation because we're intimate. We're good, but this is beyond what I feel confident hearing myself. But in the Bethel culture, we don't give directive words. We don't give direct go to Africa words. So I didn't know how I was going to get the confirmation. And I went to the web Alabama conference. uh, Bill Johnson was speaking and I got called out and several people gave me words that, that just screamed, you're supposed to go to Cameroon. One of them was a scene from the lion King. And I was standing on top of a mountain (laughs) looking over a valley of African warriors. (laughs) And I was raising them up to be revivalists and go take the nation. And I just left there like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And so I started the school um, September of 2010. So at that point, you started making plans. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Because I'm a planner. Yeah. I mean, you know, 10-year yeah. spreadsheet. So at least I had a plan now. It wasn't this nebulous, <laughs> I'll tell you what to do. It was, we're going to Cameroon to start a school. So I'm in full, I love planning. I'm obsessive type A about it. So yeah. All roads. Which is super interesting to be a creative and it, a big yeah, That's it wonderful. It is. It is it's a beautiful different. combination. Yeah, it, it works. It yeah, works for me. Really well. Yeah. 
so launched the school and it just kept growing. We had some difficulties. There was a point in time that I was ready to shut it down and come back, but Oh, God has been so faithful. I just can't tell you the level of faithfulness that I've experienced. Doesn't it seem like everything, anything worth doing goes exactly yeah, to that? Yeah, it yeah, reminds yeah. me of scripture that the, a seed has to go into the ground and, and die, die before it absolutely, produces fruit. Absolutely. Okay. It has been one of the most amazing experiences. The amazing. Yeah, I don't have kids. So it is the most amazing experience <laughs> of my whole life. You know, it is just, it is beautiful beyond belief. And I say that I don't have kids and all of my kids in Cameroon, if they hear this, I will get in trouble when I get back because we have settled this issue that, that they are my kids. And I think it's, it's amazing to see them worship, to see them preach, to see them pray, to see them prophesy because they all look like me, Oh, you know, and it's not like they're copying me. It's like they have my DNA, you know, and I really realize what it is to mother Wow, because when my son Boris gets up to preach, I'm like, well, he's past me now. I'm just, I'm actually, oh. don't tell anyone. I'm a little jealous when I hear him <laughs> preach. I'm like, oh my God, he carries the presence and people are, we have jokes now about what to do with the slain. And we have a rule that the slayer has to manage the slain because he carries so much anointing on his life that when he preaches, when he exhorts, when he lays hands on people, there's just a mass of bodies quivering everywhere. And then he wants to go home. I'm hungry. No, sir. You've got bodies everywhere. You need to take care of that. You're so fun. My son Kingsley, the worship leader. Oh, he's just, he brings down heaven. And again, he has surpassed me. I, I was a... I am a praise and worship leader, but he can bring down heaven in an instant. And it's just, Mm. it is guaranteed now. You know, usually it was like, ooh, that was a good night. Ooh, that was a bad night. No, it's guaranteed that the presence of God, that the Shekinah glory is going to be in the room when he picks up the microphone. So these folks were born again and then they came to the school. school. Did they just come to you because they heard about the school? Yes. Yes. Wow. Most, we advertised the first year. And then after that, everyone has come word of mouth. We haven't really advertised since That's then. That's exciting, Sherry. Yeah, really so how many exciting. people are you guys, do you have in your school? Uh, we usually have about 35 to 40 per year. Oh, yeah. wow. And then the last couple of years, we launched a second year and a third year as well. So you have first, second, and yes. third year. Yes. Bethel Atlanta School of Supernatural Ministry in Cameroon, yes. Africa. Yes. I wish this was filmed. You guys should see your smile. <laughs> yeah. you're so face. beautiful. Anyway, about to crack. you have this big <laughs> smile on your face. That's wonderful. Yeah. Can yeah. you even believe it? Can I like, can't. Your person 10 years ago. No. Can you even? If you had told me 10 years ago that this is going to be who I was, I would have been like, no, you missed it. You know? Wow. like. Yeah. But then it makes all the sense in the world and it's the perfect fit and it is me i have discovered a me that i never knew existed i've discovered the real me the heavenly me the 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 one that god had in mind when he created me and knit me in my mother's womb i have found her there's no everybody needs that everybody needs to find the me they were created to be in heaven we could totally go home now (laughs) i need a month or two to just even take all the answer that is so beautiful yeah Well, quickly, let's speak to the person who the seed has gone into the ground is dying, but they know that they know that they're on the same journey that you were on. Speak to that really quickly. Like in my heart. When it gets rough and you want to give up. Yeah. Like in my heart, I feel like people are listening right now. You know who you are. And I just feel like you're like, ah, what what would you say to that person that they're in the dying stage? They're like, what did I do? Or this is never going to work. It's the same answer. Intimacy. Okay. That's it. Just sit in his lap and cry and yell 
and scream and complain and whine and be honest and just (laughs) tell him whatever you need to tell him. Say what you need to say. Don't be religious. That's the worst thing you can do when you're in that state because you won't get anywhere. Just be like, I hate this and I want to go home and I will be a a barista in Starbucks. Okay, bye. I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) You know, and he's so sweet. It's like, okay, baby girl, calm down. Take a deep breath. Rubbing my back like it's, come on, it's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. You know, calm down, calm down. I got you. And then he just pours his love on. And then what are you going to do? When he pours his love on and you melt, you just say, okay, whatever you want. I give you my life. It I mean, you know, so true. it's not fair. It's his secret weapon. It's not fair. It's we tease about that at the oh. house. And I've gotten to the point with the Lord totally. now that I'm like, you know, I'm going to say yes. You know, you know what I'm going to say yes. And you know, I'm going to regret it. And exactly. then I'll say yes again. And then and I'm going to regret it. I'm going to complain. <laughs> but this is going to be the rest of my life saying yes to you because you're so wonderful. And when you look he at me that wonderful. way. I'm done. It's so true. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like if people are listening and they're like, wait, what? Sitting in labs, rubbing backs. Wait, what's happening? That's a whole sermon. It is. It is. That's a whole book. That's going to be the next book. Intimacy with God is going to be the next Please, And just how to have an intimate relationship with him. You got to get rid of religion. I mean, it's almost like... For most of us, rebel against everything that you learned in church growing up and just get to know him all over again. You got to start with the message of the father heart of God. You got to understand who he really is. He's not mean. He's not harsh. He's not punishing. He's not in heaven with a stick, holding up a list of your wrongs, holding up a list of, of what you should be doing and judging you every day. He's not angry. He's not disappointed. He, his banner over you is love. Yeah. And when we know how loved we are, it's easy to crawl in his lap. But when we're afraid he's going to punish us, we don't want to be close to him. We just want to serve him because it's the right thing to do and we're afraid of going to hell but we don't want to sit in his lap you know but when you realize that he is a good good father and that he is love personified and when he sends those waves of love over you and it's just intoxicating mm-hmm. and he just draws you into intimacy if you allow him to you know this is why the father left the holy spirit with us because this is so unnatural there's no way yeah. to understand or experience any of this if you because we don't i don't think that we understand that we are thinking ugly things about god yeah. until here comes the holy spirit and he has to show us because yeah. nobody would think anything ugly about him on purpose he's obviously awesome right you know and we think that we're thinking the right things but if we uncover the lies which that we believe about god oh oh pretty awful it's terrible and again i I have said i i don't think that there is anybody out there really like christians out there that would just i mean yeah you know to the oh yeah and that's why we have the holy spirit it's just spending time with him for him to go oh gosh you want to see what's in here (laughs) would you like to see i mean i look at it all the time but are you interested in what's in here (laughs) exactly do you want to know what's in your heart yeah Sherry, yeah. beautiful, yeah. more yeah. than beautiful. Thank you. So I, I, I'm sitting here. I'm so curious. <laughs> okay. About um, you know the, the supernatural school of ministry and and the things that are happening there. Can you can you give us a little sneak peek into maybe a, maybe two or three testimonies? Oh wow! That have from Cameroon. From Cam, uh, wow. from Cameroon. Yeah. That did I say that? Did I say it right, Cameroon? Yeah. 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 You said awesome. it. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh my um, God! Only yeah, two. Can, can you, or, or, or you can do three if you want to. Okay. But just to give people a little peek into you know some of the the things that are happening and breakthrough yeah. that people are seeing and, and how people's lives are being changed. Yeah, um, we're seeing a lot of life transformation. Um, you know, the family worldwide is broken, but I think there's a lot of brokenness in Cameroon and. 
you know, I'm, I have a big mother's heart. That's one of the prophetic words over my life. And so a lot of the kids, the first time I hug them, they said, my mother has never hugged me before. And I say, I love you all the time. And they, they're like, nobody has ever said that to me before. And so seeing people ruined by the love of God and seeing them come alive in the love of God. I mean, I can give you some miraculous raised from the dead testimonies, but for me, the greatest thing is to see someone's heart transformed by Father God loving yeah. on them. You know, mm-hmm. and to just see them awaken to love. Oh, just who they become and what they begin to dream just because they experience love. That's an amazing thing. Who they become wow. and what they mm-hmm. begin to dream because it, you are a writer. That's <laughs> so well said that love, I mean, really, that yeah. just being exposed yeah. to love causes us literally to come alive. It and, does. And function well yeah. and function yeah. properly and happily. Yeah. Oh. oh, one of my favorite testimonies. Again, we, I can tell, I will tell you at the end, the one about the dead being raised, but, oh. um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll tell you that one. but one of my, <laughs> one of my sons, he's on staff now, his name is Randolph. And when he came to school, he snuck in, they're not supposed to come until they've graduated from high school. And <laughs> so he shows up one day with his, with his school uniform on. I'm like, Oh my God, you're still in high school. What are you doing here? And he's like, please don't make me leave. Please don't make me leave. And so he's just a silly kid that gets on everybody's nerves, just silly and ridiculous. And just, you know, you love him because he's adorable but he's just a silly kid and he's randolph yeah randolph so randolph disappears he comes back and he does second year and he begins to transform randolph teaches himself to play keyboard from youtube he teaches himself how to run a sound system on youtube he teaches himself how to do so many things now he's doing our social media he's doing our sound he is our keyboard player he has become a different person because god said what are you dreaming about And his parents have wanted to send him in one direction and he has fought for his dreams, which is what a lot of them have to do. They have to go against their parents and say, no, I'm going to do this. He has pursued his dreams and he is profound. I mean, he is an amazing keyboard player. He's great with sound. He shoots video. He just does all things technical from going to YouTube university. YouTube university. Technology. Technology has changed everything. It's changed the game. Yeah. Totally changed everything. Oh my goodness. Okay, so that's just a little bit about Cameroon. Yeah. You could go on for days. Yeah. We have had two resurrections. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sherry. Yeah. Two resurrections. The resurrection yeah. Like and people the were Come dead on, and now they, they are dead not. And now they are not. Now they are breathing to... and living. There was one woman, so Pastor Sako is our outreach director, and he likes to go to the village. He's a real outreach guy. And he's doing all these meetings, casting out demons, and the whole village is like, oh my God, this is the man of God. And so they carry <laughs> in this woman, they lay her on the floor, and he goes, yes, what's her problem? And they said, she's dead. <laughs> And he freaks out, of course, and he starts pacing around the room, speaking in tongues, as all of us would do. And then he's like, the whole village is watching me. And so he has a woman, right? So he's speaking in tongues, and he has a woman lay hands on the dead woman's chest, because I teach them, you're not allowed to lay hands on a woman's chest. I don't know if that applies to the dead, but apparently he thought it did. So, and and then, and then, I'm sure she appreciates that. I'm sure she did. So they turn on a video at this point. So you see the woman's hand on the dead woman's chest, and you hear him speaking in tongues and then all of a sudden you see the woman's hand snatched off the dead woman's chest and you see her feet running out of the door and she later says she felt the heart start beating so now i'm a doctor with a doctor brain that still struggles with believing the miraculous and so um, i've watched this video a million times and and she starts moving her head and twisting her head from side to side and never takes a breath i've watched her chest she never takes a breath and then she's moving her head and i'm like how can you move with you're not when you're not breathing like it doesn't make sense, doctor wise. And so, and then finally, she just takes this dramatic, gasping breath. <gasps> 
And then she sits up. Oh my God, it freaks me out. It freaks me out. It freaks me out every single time. And so, yeah. And then, and then he's leaving the village the next day and she brings him a sack of potatoes to say thank you. Like... (laughs) Here's some potatoes. Thank here's you for my life. Thank you for raising potatoes. potatoes. What yes. would be appropriate? I mean, it's like, <laughs> exactly. you what, what do what I do have? Do? Let me just... Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Sherry. So the second one, the same guy. Oh, um, same guy. Two, 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 two is better than one. Yeah. Brings more for the return. Come on. <laughs> same guy. It, it, has he been pursuing this? Or is oh, this just yeah. fine? He okay. loves outreach. He loves okay. the supernatural. And he just goes after it. He's courageous. So he actually came to staff meeting one day depressed because they had prayed for a four-year-old girl that had died and she didn't come back. Mm. And then two weeks later, he goes into a hospital to visit his uncle and he hears people wailing in the hall because Africans wail when somebody dies. And he goes and he asks what's wrong and they say this woman just lost her sixth baby. And mm. all her babies live until eight months old and then they die. So he says, can I pray? And they said, no, this is, this is life for this family. This is their reality. No, you can't pray. And he begs and then he starts praying and nothing happens. He and then begs every, yes, to he pray. begs to pray after a four-year-old just did not get, get resurrected. I don't know what he's made of. I really don't know what he's wow. made of. So he begs to pray. And, um, he says, this goes on for an hour and a crowd is gathering. And again, he's freaking out like, oh my God, everybody's watching, you sure, know? Sure. And then the Lord tells him, do CPR. He doesn't know CPR, but he just does what he's seen on TV. Baby. Yeah, it's an eighth month old baby. So he does what he's seen on TV. He starts blowing into the baby's mouth and the baby coughs and wakes up. And of course there was pandemonium. And so I have a picture of the baby in my phone breathing in her mommy's lap. <laughs> Scary. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. ask and you shall receive. Yeah, huh? that this was is amazing. wonderful. So okay. we've got life transformation testimonies. We've got healing testimonies. We've got living in purpose and destiny testimonies. Oh, Again, I'm just like in my imagination going back 10 years ago to yeah. you. And I just, that has to, to live your internal self to know that that's happened in you has just got to be like heaven every day. It is heaven every day. In spite of what ha- it's been difficult, I'm not. Sure. If I'd be lying, and I don't want anybody to believe that it's going to be this wonderful fairy tale life. It's been difficult. Yeah. It's been difficult, but it's been mostly rewarding and mostly joy and just reward, fulfillment. Yeah. This is so great, Cherry. So there's <laughs> this, this unbelievable. I know, I love this. So there's this great swell um, and momentum that's this, that's carrying you, that's moving in in Cameroon. Yeah, and then all of a sudden. Kenya is in Boom. the picture. Well, so so, and I wish I could give you a wonderful story about how that happened. You know, just <laughs> but there isn't one. These are wonderful stories. <laughs> okay. They are all wonderful so, stories. Yeah, so, so I got burnt out. I got really burnt out. So so the part of it is a wonderful story. So in 2013, so so you see the way I went to Cameroon was I met a person on the internet. They invited me over, and right. yeah, it was crazy. So this time I was preaching at Bethel Atlanta, and then uh, somebody posted my picture on Facebook, and a young lady wrote on the page, "Oh, that's Sherry Lewis. I love her. When will the podcast be out?" And I'm like, "Hey, love you too. Your name is not Cameroonian. Who are you?" And she goes, "My name is Rosie, and I'm from Kenya." And then we start chatting back and forth, just like I did with the girl in Cameroon. And next thing I know, I want to go to Kenya. I don't know why. I just want to go to Kenya. And so in in May of 2013, me and my then ministry partner got on a plane and went to Kenya. And, you know, Rosie let us stay with her the whole time. And we just explored the whole nation. And I fell in love. 
And it, and it was just like that same level of crazy, I love this place. <laughs> and I had been to South Africa. I had been in Nigeria and did not fall in love. I love you all, my Nigerian friends, but I did not fall in love. Sure, sure. At no, all. it's a definite it just, way of knowing. And it, it was. It was a God thing. And I met with um, an apostolic leader there. And he said, come help me build a Bethel school here. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm in Cameroon. But that stayed with me. And he prophesied into my life. And he told me I was going to, he said, don't get stuck in Cameroon. You're going to take more nations in Africa. Oh, my gosh. I'd gotten another prophetic word that uh, somebody saw me in a huge uh, hot air balloon. And it had all different colors. And I was flying over the nations of Africa. And every color represented a different nation. And when people would see me coming, they would wave because they, they knew I was bringing goodness to their nation. And so... I, I, I knew that I was going to go to more than Cameroon, but I kind of got stuck there because I fell in love. I fell in love sure. with what we were building. I fell in love with the people. But then I got burnt out and tired and people started dying. And, mm. you know, it's not an easy life. I mean, there is not consistent running water. There are not a lot of paved roads. And so you walk on, on sure. the grass. and I mean, it's, you know, yeah. there's, there's, it's just not as easy. There's no Walmart. There's no Starbucks. My mommy isn't there. You know, so it just, sure, no. it just was difficult. Legit. And so I just, I started to get burnt out. And so September of 2016, I was at an all-time low. We had just gone through a season of two years of deaths, Mm -hmm. and I just was really sad and upset. We had a lot of miracles. I don't Mm -hmm. want to say that it was only deaths, but it just, it felt like the people close to us were dying. I'm like, why? It's a terrible thing to say, but why did this random woman get raised from the dead? But my Cameroonian mother... We had to bury her. It's difficult. You know, it was really hard. And so my heart was in a really, really bad place. The school is going amazing. My leaders are functioning well without me. I went back for our summer program and I was like, why am I here? They can do this. Like I would show up every once in a while, but I wrote a book. I mean, during that time because they just handled it so well. So what are you doing? You're spiritual. Just write a book. It's so so great. So I just started feeling like, where can I go in the world right now and just feel joy? Where can I go and feel happy? And instantly Kenya came into my heart. I just remembered how much I loved being there. And so I didn't have any money, was dead broke. And, and so I was like, I really want to go to Kenya, but I can't. And so God was like, well, what do you need? How much do you need? I'm like, I've never been on safari before. I want to eat Ethiopian. I want to eat Indian. And I want to drink plenty of lattes. So I need about $1,000. So great. And so that afternoon, I have this Voxer app that I walkie-talkie back and Mm -hmm. forth with everybody in America and other countries. And so it rang, and it was a message from my mom, but I was busy, and I couldn't get to it. So two days later, I had that conversation with God, how much money do you need? And then my mom voxes me again, and she said, um, you might want to listen to that les- that message. And so I listened to the message, and she said, you got a check in the mail. You were involved in a class action lawsuit, and you have a check here for $1,300. I what? screamed. I'm like, I'm going to Kenya. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) So I booked my flight and I didn't know why I was going other than I just needed to breathe. And one of my closest friends, Felicia Foster, she just, she was one of the people that quit their job and she's a missionary now in the Dominican Republic. And she said, this is going to be a game changer. I know you think you're going to rest, but this is going to be a game changer. So keep your heart open to whatever God says. So I get there, I'm sitting in a tea shop and people watching and it's beautiful and it's great. And I'm just like, oh God, I would love to move here. And then I just kind of just, no, I wrote in my journal, God, I would really love to move here. I I feel like I've done a lot in Cameroon. I feel like the work is ready. It can go without me. I feel like I would love to birth something here. So I'm just going to put that on the table and, and I forgot about it. So I went to Rosie's church that Sunday and her leaders of the Joshua generation 
the, the, the wife called me up and she said, you think you're here on a vacation, but you're here to receive a new assignment. God says you're planting in Kenya. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> like, okay. That can't be any more clear. It can't be any more clear than that. <laughs> so then of course I'm freaking out. Like I can't move to Kenya after asking, <laughs> yeah, after right, writing yeah. in my journal and praying. So we it's go like Jamaica, to right, exactly, yeah. exactly, all over again. Exactly. So we go to Rosie's house, and Rosie's excited about me moving to Kenya. Oh my gosh, she's just like blah 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 blah. She's planning, and this is going to be our venue, and we're going to do this. And I'm like, Rosie, I need confirmation from God. I can't just make a decision just on one prophetic word or just the desire of my heart. I need to be sure. So can you just tone it down? Can we not talk about this anymore until I hear from God? Now I'm an avid tea drinker. Put down my teacup. Go to the bathroom, come back, and I have a Vox message from Felicia Morell that says, I woke up praying for you this morning. Have you thought of planting in Kenya? <laughs> okay. Okay. So and I had told God I need at least two confirmations outside of Kenya because all these people want me to come here. So I need two confirmations outside of Kenya. And he says to me after I read her message, mm-hmm. he said, this is years, you're about to complete year seven at Cameroon. That's the year of completion. It's time for new beginnings. You're ready. Your staff is ready. Go and be great, basically. And so... Go and be great. (laughs) Wow. So the Holy Spirit says, that's one. How many did you say you needed? Two days later, I get a phone call from a very good friend in London. um, And she basically says the same thing. Like... You are, you have ended your apostolic cycle in Cameroon. It's start to, it's time to start planning somewhere else. She's Nigerian. And so she's like, we were hoping you would come to Nigeria, but if God is saying Kenya, then to Kenya, you should go. Sure. Yeah. And so then, a new dream was born just like that. And so you're off to Cameroon in, in Nairobi. Yes. And you're going to Nairobi. Do you love Nairobi? me? I love Nairobi. Well, yes. What is wonderful about oh. Nairobi? Nairobi is my African Atlanta. Oh, yes, it is. It that's is so great. Yeah, what do you mean? It is. There's, I can get a latte anywhere. There's, Sherry, there's coffee this is going to be different and wonderful. Yes, it is. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. It's there's coffee shops. There's at the Ethiopian, Indian, Korean. I mean, every possible restaurant you could think of. There are people from many different nations. Um, there's an arts community, a thriving arts oh, community. Wow. While I was that's there, cool. I went to two different arts festivals <laughs> and just felt at home. And I felt wow. like it was rebirthing a part of me that, that hadn't really gotten to live much in Cameroon. So it just, I came alive when I was there. Love the people. Oh, it's just... It is my African Atlanta. So you're thinking some of your arts things are coming alive. Yeah. I want to, I want to, oh. Because you know, when it wasn't alive, you just wrote eight books. I know, right? So yeah. I'm wondering, you <laughs> alive in the arts department looks like. I mean, the, heck, the next thing is like music and painting. Like, I know. Well, not painting, but definitely music. <laughs> Definitely music, definitely music. And uh, I want to teach writing classes there. I want to raise up a a group of of young creative kingdom artists in in Kenya Mm. because there's just a huge heart there for the arts. And so I want to raise up kingdom creatives there. That's one of my biggest dreams. I do want to do the school. I do want to do Bethel Atlanta, but I definitely, you know, I don't know whether they'll come to school or whether I'll have separate programs for them, but I want to release people into the kingdom arts. It is just beautiful. Like a school of the arts or something having to do. Oh, Sherry. So, so you really feel like there's a, a culture there for that. Yeah. That, that you can really uh, pour into pour into. And mother. Yeah. And mother. Yeah. Sherry Lewis, Sherry Lewis, (laughs) Sherry Lewis, you wonderful, wonderful person. 
How exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, my, my goodness. It's been just, fun. It's, it's been fun, and yeah. I personally am going to listen to it a hundred times <laughs> okay. this week. This week. And I can't wait to hear it. Really quickly, before we Mm -hmm. sign off, how can people get hold of all of your your fiction and your first nonfiction book, which is huge? So they're all available on Amazon.com. Okay. I have a website, SherryLewis.com, S-H-E-R-R-I-L-E-W-I-S.com. I I also have a Facebook page that'll take you to my website. They're all on Amazon. I can't really sell them on my website anymore because I'm not here, so I can't mail them out. Um, But Amazon has everything. And then um, The God Zone should come out in December when I'm back and I want to have a big launch party and it'll be available on Kindle and Amazon and just all those places. So Sherry with an I. Sherry Sherry with an I. With two R's and an I. Two R's and an I. Oh my goodness. If we can help in December I would love to. I would love that. Great. I would would really appreciate that. Sherry Lewis thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey listeners, you're welcome. Exactly. (laughs) Did that not rock your face off? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness thank you so much for tuning into Bethel Atlanta Chats we love you people have a great day <laughs>